Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart, Stu Stewart, and Rick Kearney. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. And now, here's Earl Stewart. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Earl on Cars. I heard the introduction prior to this introduction about the True Oldie Station. Great station. Listen to it myself. Uh, I like that uh, 60s and 70s music, but that's not what you're going to hear this morning, folks, from us between 8 and 10. You're going to hear how not to be ripped off by your car dealer. And I'm talking about car dealers all over the 50 states and I guess the world. We're streaming on Facebook and YouTube and Periscope and Twitter. I mean, we're really in the 21st century. Uh, There's not another show like this. Uh, It is a candid, uh, it is a expose. what can I say? We just don't pull any punches on this show. We have something called a mystery shopping report. Um, I hope you feel the excitement in my voice because Nancy Stewart and Rick Kearney and Stu Stewart, you know, the team here in the studio, we truly get excited. We're happy. And, you know, you can tell a happy business, a happy home, a happy person by the vibrations. I hope you feel our vibrations because we really love doing this show. We have fun. We have some yucks, laughs. We, uh, you know, we just uh, we just smile a lot and laugh a lot. But we also convey a lot of information, and that makes us feel good. We're telling you something very, very important. You know, there's two really, really expensive purchases that the average person makes in a lifetime: their home and their car. Car's second, and. Uh, Arguably, I can make an argument why it's even more important than a home to a lot of people. I mean, uh, you can sleep in your car, but you can't drive your home to work. Sometimes people have to have a car, and they will actually let their home be foreclosed on and keep their car payments going because how are they going to get to work? And if they don't have a job, what's going to happen? They can't get to the hospital, the pharmacy, the the grocery store. Got to have a car, especially in places like Florida. We don't have mass transit around here, or we have it, but it's not very good. So most people have to own a car. And car dealers, uh, I guess they kind of understand that. Uh, Car dealers are selling a necessity. Uh, And when you're selling something that somebody positively has to have, you're in danger of being taken advantage of. And that's what happens. For you regular listeners, my apologies. I say this every week, and by the way, we've been doing this for about 15 years. I always talk about the Gallup annual poll on honesty and ethics and professions. Uh, Google this if you haven't looked at it. Gallup, G-A-L-L-U-P, Gallup poll on honesty and ethics and professions. If you'll Google that, you'll see all the major businesses, professions, or what you, whatever you want to call it, uh, that we deal with every day, the most popular. And they've been doing this annual poll on honesty and ethics uh, for well, since 1977. Car dealers at the bottom. 2018, the last poll they did, dead last. Out of all the professions, car dealers are very deceptive in their sales practices, their advertising. Their advertising is just absolutely terrible. And buying a car, used or new, is really uh, navigating a minefield you can really get taken advantage of. And that's what this show's all about. So we love doing this because we feel good about helping you. And we get calls all the time uh, from folks that have been victimized. We, we get calls from people that have listened to the show and used some of the suggestions and really have been victorious in their purchase. And I don't want to forget 
the most important part of this show, one of the most important, is maintaining and repairing your car. Rick Kearney is sitting to my right. Rick Kearney is a certified diagnostic master technician. That's his official title. Uh, that means that he started out, or that is, he did start out as just a mechanic, you know, 25, 30 years ago. That's when they call mechanics mechanics. And they Grease monkey. Mm -hmm. Grease monkey. Yeah, grease monkey. You think it way back. I've been called worse. Grease monkey, yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly they start calling Rick an auto technician as the cars become more sophisticated. And he's in the 21st century now, 2019. And our cars are rolling computers, computers on wheels. They've got safety products, uh, products, devices that are absolutely amazing. If you're driving a 2015 car, I got some bad news for you. You're driving an obsolete car when it comes to safety technology. Now, the good news is the cars, 2015s or 14s, they last forever. Quality of cars has risen immensely. So if you're not concerned about the safety products, then you can, if I'm suddenly louder, my son just raised my microphone it, it so he can't see my face. He doesn't care if you hear me. He just doesn't want you to see my face. Anyway, uh, you're driving obsolete cars except for reliability. If you, if you don't mind the safety thing, you can drive a 2000, if you buy a 2015, keep it for another five years. Ten years, piece of cake. It won't only, probably only have 200,000 miles on it. Not a problem. Mileage and time is not a problem quality and reliability-wise. It is a problem safety-wise. So Rick is here because I know you have questions about your car. We talk about the minefield of buying or leasing a car, minefield of repairing your car and maintaining your car. Because of the cars are so maintenance-free today, I mean, um, a lot of car manufacturers are giving you free maintenance for two years, even four years on your car. Why? Well, because they can sell more cars that way, but also it doesn't cost them much money. It costs very, very little to maintain a car today. So uh, when you go into a car dealership, they're used to having their customers spend a lot of money. If you bought a car 20 years ago, pretty expensive to maintain and repair. Car dealers got used to that in the service department. Today, they have built big service departments. They have a lot of technicians, and they got a high rent overhead, and they still got to pay their service advisors, also known as service salespeople, and their technicians and their management. They got to pay them money, and they can't pay them money if they don't sell you service. But if you don't need the service, what are they going to do? Well, they're going to make it up, and that's what happens. So when you bring your car in to a service department today, beware. They'll have a recommended list of services, most of which isn't even required. Rick can talk about that, but he also talks about the things that's hard to diagnose, like squeaks, rattles, uh, funny smell, or uh, a... And there's all sorts of weird things. You're going to have a light on your dashboard pop up. You're not sure what that means. You call Rick. He can answer the question. He can also probably save you some money. Sitting next to Rick is Nancy Stewart, uh, the love of my life, uh, my spouse, and also my co-pilot. She's the co-host on Real Stewart on Cars, a very strong, dynamic women's advocate. Uh, hashtag me too kind of gal. And she feels strongly that women should get an equal shake when they go into a car dealership, and sometimes they don't. It's better than it was. I mean, you go back 10, 15 years, it was terrible. You could walk into a car dealership, the salesman would say, honey, go home and get your, uh, your, your, your husband or your brother. 
uh, or let me show you the makeup mirror, and I'm not going to open the hood because you don't know what you're looking at under a hood. And it was just a terrible thing that used to happen. That really got Nancy Dander up, and she's been talking about it a lot. And we have a lot of female callers now, whereas when we started, we had virtually none. Uh, Nancy, why don't you tell them about our super special deal for female callers? Ladies, help me build that platform here at Earl Stewart on Cars. I have uh, something to encourage you, offer you, to give us a call. $50 for the first two new lady callers. Call us at 877-960-9960, and you can win yourself $50 this morning. Very good. 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. We have our first female caller. I'll be with her in just a second. I know her well, and we all love Tina. We'll be right with you, Tina. Yeah. I want to give out this text number uh, a couple times, and I want to remind you all about we're streaming on Facebook. You can go to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Earl on Cars. We're also on YouTube, Periscope, Twitter. Text number 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. Six five three zero, and of course the regular number is eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, and we thrive on your calls. We're going to talk to Tina yeah. right now, yeah. and you'll understand <laughs> when you listen to her why we need your calls. Yeah. And uh, Stu is taking all of the texts and uh, so many other things. Uh, Anyway, it's a team effort here. And ladies and gentlemen, you are an important part of the show. Uh, So again, give us a call at 877-960-9960. And uh, we're going to go to Tina. Boy, I'll tell you what, the lines are lit up. So good morning, Tina. Oh, good. Looks like we just got pulled over. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? (laughs) Hello, Tina. Let's, let's enjoy the theme song for a second. Yeah, nobody can understand the theme song, so we're going to We'll explain it. Yeah, no, we'll explain it. Yeah. It's Tina's favorite song, folks. The devil went down to Georgia. He was that's looking it. for a soul to We'll just play that part next that's time. That's the first that time. Way. Yeah, that's the first time I heard it. Because yeah. I couldn't hear it all the other times. <laughs> morning, so Tina. good morning, Tina. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Wow. Um, <laughs> big automotive news this week in the state of Florida. Governor DeSantis signed a bill allowing autonomous vehicles. Yes, There's quite a few rules and restrictions, but we have officially entered the 21st century in Florida. Wow. Exciting time. Tina, do you remember what some of those rules were? Uh, do they? I suppose one of the rules is they have to always have a human in the car when the, when the car is on the road. Yeah, I think another one of the rules is that they have to carry quite a bit of, the company has to carry quite a bit of liability insurance. Mm-hmm. And the company also has to do their own extensive testing to make sure these vehicles are safe on the highways. Tina, may I interrupt you just for a quick second? Uh, We have a lot of calls coming in, and we only have three lines. All of our lines are waiting now. And for you callers waiting, we promise to get to you ASAP. Uh, But if you call in with the three lines covered, then you're going to get a busy signal. So we really want your calls. Uh, Call back in maybe 10, 15 minutes, and we would love to talk to you. So I'm sorry, Tina. I apologize for that. Go right ahead. Oh, no, that's okay. I just I just think it's really great. I mean, I didn't realize that there was a bill that was proposed this uh, this season for the House and Senate. Yeah, but either. apparently there was. And now, like I said, Florida is entering the 21st century. And Governor DeSantis said, okay, you know, everybody that's wanting to test their vehicles in California, 
welcome to Florida. You know, we want you to come over here, and I think (laughs) it may be less expensive for them to come here, too. So it could open the way for a whole new industry in the state. Absolutely. I think, and a lot of people hearing you, Tina, are saying, oh, my God, I'm going to be on 995, and some car with no driver is going to be there. I'm scared to do it. I keep telling myself, and we can statistically prove this, that of all the autonomous cars that have been tested over the years, California, Nevada, and a few other states, the accident rate is much lower for autonomous cars than cars with drunks and texters and everybody else. So don't worry about it, folks. uh, This is a good trend, not a negative trend. This one's an even better video. Yeah. <laughs> we're looking at, sorry, folks in Radio Land, we're looking at a video of a guy sleeping in his Tesla on yeah. autopilot. I saw that on the news last night. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, Tina, thanks for uh, the heads up on that. That's going to be very interesting. Yeah. I can't wait till I thanks spot my first autonomous car. Thanks for bringing that to uh, our listeners' attention. A lot of bills passed uh, just recently by DeSantis, all good ones. Thank yeah, you. this this one's pretty exciting. And, you know, for anybody that's looking for a career, I always say that computer programming would be a great thing to get into because these companies are going to need people that are really good with computer programming in order to operate and monitor these vehicles. So yeah. Absolutely. this could be a career step for a lot of young people. Yeah, it's a, it's a great time. We're <laughs> certainly moving forward. Tina, I can't thank you enough for giving us a call, and uh, we hope to hear from you next week. Thank you. Ladies, please burn up the lines. I can't do this by myself. Thank you, Tina. Okay, we're going to go to Marty, and Marty's calling us from Jensen Beach. Welcome to the show, Marty. Hello. Hello. Well, how are you this morning? Oh, we're wonderful. We're We're so excited. You you have a female name and a female voice. Sounds to me like you must be a first-time female caller. Yeah, my name is my name is Alicia, and I am about to buy a new car because um, I was in an accident. Oh, fantastic! And I wanted I, I wanted to ask you, um, and I've heard this uh, a couple of times on the show, and you know, accidents are unexpected, so I really didn't find my thing. I was going to find myself in the position of needing a new car, but I wanted to ask you about the dealer's fee thing. Well, it's uh, probably the single most important question you could have asked. Uh, Dealer fees are are simply hidden fees. And the dealer fee is actually a confusing name. It's become kind of a generic thing. The dealer fees are actually hidden fees. They go by many, many different names. Oddly enough, uh, and counterintuitively, most of them aren't even called dealer fees. They're called electronic filing fees, administration fees, uh, dealer services fee, uh, e-filing fee, notary fee, doc fee. I could go on and on. There's got to be 30 different fees. Do me a favor. Go back and name some of those those main ones. Electronic filing fee. Yes, electronic filing and fee, uh, e-filing fee, notary fee, doc fee, private tag agency fee. Private tag agency fee. Um, their CVR fee on our mystery shopping group. That's a new one. CVR fee was a new there, one. There's even an advertising fee. Uh, there are so many fees today uh, that you can just really get confused and just caught up alicia here's the test because if we there's no way we could alert you of all the names because the name can be made up today or tomorrow or the next day florida is a terrible state in regulating and taking care of car buyers they allow a car dealer to call a uh, 
hidden fee anything they want. They could call it Alicia, the Alicia fee. They could, they could call it the banana fee. Uh, and what they tend to do is they try to name, pick out names that sound official, like government fees, and that's something like electronic filing fee or tag agency fee. The acid test of its legitimate or not is, is a dealer charging sales tax on it? If they charge sales tax on it, and they have to, if it's not a government fee, that's the identifying factor. So when you're looking at a vehicle buyer's order and you're looking at a, you know, when they're writing up the deal, you can look at the list of fees they have on there and you'll see which fees they assess Florida sales tax on, 6%. If they assess it on a fee that sounds really official, it's not a fee, it's profit to the dealer. Okay. And it should not be above the sales tax line. It should be below it. Exactly. Okay. Bingo. Yeah. And okay, Alicia, I've got a, I've got, I picked a car and I found a dealership and picked a car and I asked them if they charge a dealer's fee and they said they do. They charge a six ninety nine dealer's fee. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes they charge multiple fees and uh, sometimes uh, they will say. Uh, here's our dealer fee, we charge that. Meanwhile, there'll be two or three other fees that they don't tell you about. In fact, that's common. Uh, We mystery shop a different dealer every week, and almost every dealer has several hidden fees. I hate to call it dealer fee because the dealers will actually advertise no dealer fee. What that means is we don't charge a hidden fee called a dealer fee. We charge a lot of hidden fees, but we call them something else. So they, the, the name dealer fee has become infamous, and therefore it's almost never called a dealer fee. When they first started years and years ago, they did call them dealer fees, but now they don't. And you just have to use the acid test. When you're shopping for a car, you should, you should just say, I want your out-the-door price. If you have some hidden fees, put them in there. But I want an out-the-door price, and I'm going to shop and compare that price with your competition. Uh, that way, they will adjust the overall price to accommodate what they feel like they must include in the way of hidden fees. Okay. Okay. All right. Very okay. good. Alicia. Uh, yeah. I have some information yeah. for you. You know, purchasing a new car should be stress-free. It's pretty easy, pretty simple. But for you, you can go to www.outthedoorpriceaffidavit.com, and there you will find an affidavit that I put together to ensure that you get the out-the-door price and you get that car dealer, that car salesman to sign that. And if they won't sign it, walk away. Good luck okay. with your good luck with your new car purchase, and stay on the line oh. and give Rudy your information, and uh, I'll get you out a check. Fifty bucks. Okay, great. Thank well, you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Awesome. Okay, we're going to go to Eric, who's calling us from Stewart. Good morning, Eric. Hey, Eric, you still there with us? Hey. Hey. Yep. Good morning. How can we help? Good you? Good morning. Good morning. Oh, good morning. It, it, uh, we love the show and uh, love the station. And we, my wife and I, were just uh, listening on the way down, and, and it's uh, serendipitous that we heard uh, you talking about car dealerships because our Volkswagen's been in uh, in the Schumacher Volkswagen in North Palm Beach there for over a month. Wow! And they, uh, it, it's been a long, long haul, and. They said it was a rear main seal leaking, and they weren't sure, and we went back and forth. And But long story short, they've had the car for a month now, mm-hmm. and they just cannot seem to 
get back around to working on my car. The transmission is still out of the car. Wow. I called them. I've spoken to not only the service manager is who I'm dealing with, but I'm also in Volkswagen customer service. And for some reason, they just are not putting an effort into putting my car back together. Um, and your... I don't know what the recourse is at this point because we obviously need our car back. What year car is it, uh, Eric? It's a 2014, 2014 Volkswagen Touareg. What you can do is call the manufacturer, Volkswagen. They have an 800 number. Uh, sometimes that works. Um, you want to take it to the top. Uh, I don't know who you're dealing with at Schumacher Volkswagen. If you're talking, you should at least be talking to the service manager himself. There's only one service manager. Oftentimes, unfortunately, a lot of people yeah. call call themselves managers, but you want the real service manager. You can usually identify that on the website if you go to the uh, Schumacher Volkswagen website. Find out who is in charge of service. Um, who are you? Who have you been dealing with? Well, I, I, I've been dealing with. Uh the actual service manager down there is Good. Uh, Mr. Bardell, and and then um, beyond that, there's a there's a Volkswagen customer service, which is an 800 number. Mm-hmm. They used to call it uh, Volkswagen America, but it's customer care mm-hmm. now. And what they do is they call me and they say, well, we're going to get an update from the dealership, and we'll get back to you when we get an update from the dealership. And then I get an email that says we haven't heard from the dealership. And it's just been a long I just cannot get their plan of action. Mm-hmm. And I would love to just go down there and meet with them because I've been a mechanic for many, many years, oh. since the late 70s. So I understand exactly what needs to be done to put the car back together. Mm-hmm. But what I don't understand is the practice of them not working on the car. Do you have a loaner, Eric? Have they given you something to drive? Yes, they did give us a loaner, yeah. that, that's, that, that, which is nice enough. But after after four weeks... Uh, you know, is it going to be four, five, seven, eight weeks? Yeah. It's just, this is just, uh, there, there just seems to be no light at the end of the tunnel. And, and I just, I, I, we do not know what to do from this point forward. Like I said, I'd love to, I'd love to sit down and meet with them. Uh, I'd love to take maybe another mechanic with me that can go down and meet with them and try to understand why it's physically not working on the car. Put the transmission back into the car. Eric, um, uh, let me do this for you. Uh, I know Chuck Schumacher. I've known him for many years. I have his personal cell number. Uh, text me at 772-497-6530. 497 6530 Area code 772-497-6530. If you text me at that number, I'll give you Chuck Schumacher's personal cell phone number. And he's the owner, of course. And... Uh, Tell them that uh, you're a friend of mine and you listen to the radio show and uh, we're concerned. If he could uh, personally look into this and expedite the repair, we'd appreciate it. That would be fantastic. I will text you as soon as possible. I'm just going to keep uh, – I don't have anything to write that number down. And I'll, I guess when I get off uh, the call, you can put me on a hold with someone so I can just – oh, here we go again. Anyway, I don't want to take up your air time. But, uh, well, thanks for calling. Uh, yeah, the text number is 772-497-6530. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it, and I will definitely text you right away. Thanks for calling, Eric. All right. Thank, thank you. Give us a call again, Eric. Uh, 
Our phone number is 877-960-9960. And, uh, folks, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, you can go to youranonymousfeedback.com and uh, voice your opinion on how we can improve the show or any opinion at all, youranonymousfeedback.com. And our phone number, again, is 877-960-9960. And you can also text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, I think we're building up some text. Uh, Rick, you got a YouTube. We do indeed. As a matter of fact, uh, Guy Larrabee, Watching from Ottawa, Canada. Oh, wow, I love it. International. <laughs> we oh, are international. Isn't that the capital of Canada? <laughs> Ottawa, I don't, I don't think so. Hey, Guy, uh, if you're listening on, on can you send me a comment? Let me know. Is Ottawa the, Canada, the capital of Canada? It is. Uh, okay. Stu's got his geography better than mine, that's for sure. Rudy's got his finger uh, in the air. <laughs> he says, love your show. I recently bought a car from a local dealer. I squeezed as hard as I could. Got $1,500 off the internet price with no fees of any kind. Did wow. I do okay? So wow, h- man. H- hugs work. You get, a, you get a trophy. If you uh, give me your mailing address, we'll send you a trophy because that hardly ever happens. So if you bear hug the salesperson, you get yeah. a better deal. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> All right. No. I think, you know, Canada is actually a lot more civilized. It is. Uh, we have a university here in Palm Beach County, uh, Northwood University, and we have a large number of... Uh, it's now Kaiser, by the way. Kaiser, called yeah. Kaiser, yeah. Uh, but it's, we have a large number of uh, young Canadians of college age that go through their, uh, their auto dealer marketing course. And at one time I consulted yes. on that to uh, speak to the graduating students. But uh, the Canadian dealers as general, they're uh, far more civilized. South Florida is Dodge City when it comes to buying a car. I mean, there's a lot of gun smoke. Tombstone. Exactly. Tombstone. So in Canada, it would be a nice squeeze <laughs> of a hug. And in South Florida, you want to squeeze them by the throat. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we've got some more uh, text, I think, uh, building up on Stu's pad over <laughs> here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Heimlich. <laughs> All right, let me, let's, let's get to them. Uh, first one, uh, no name on it. It just says, when dealers swap new car inventory, does the supplying dealer add a fee for the trade? If so, does the receiving dealer tack on that fee to the customer? That's such a great question. That's almost like an insider question. Uh, dealer trades are uh, what happens in probably a third or more uh, at our dealership, we probably do uh, close to half dealer trades, and uh, we don't charge a fee, and most some dealers do not charge a fee. The interesting thing is that what car dealers like to do is they like to cheat the other dealers yeah. by uh, when when a car dealer this gives to show you the moral fabric of the average car dealer. Uh, and I have to include myself in there sometimes because I, I have charged other dealers' fees uh, to... Only in retaliation. In retaliation. But that's what we say when we wait, do something wrong. Wait a minute. And we want to justify it. But anyway... Wait, we really... Then we do have a dealer fee, but we only charge dealers. <laughs> right. Anyway. Oh, good one. When you go in to buy a car and they don't have that particular color, dealers will go to the on the computer and they'll find the dealer in the area. It could be out of state even. They'll find a dealer that has that exact car because there's... 
hundreds of thousands of cars in the region. So they, they look, and they call the dealer and say, I need your blue Honda Civic, and I have a white Honda Civic. Can we swap? And that's called a dealer trade. And you pay somebody 50 bucks or 100 bucks or however, depending on how far it is, and they go and pick up the car that you have sold, and they drive it back, and then you deliver it to the customer. So there is an expense involved, and the dealers will sometimes pass this along to the customer. Uh, most dealers do not pass it along to the customer. But what dealers do is they will charge the other dealer a fee. They will charge the other dealer say, well, we have stripes and we have this. And they'll put a phony Monroni on the car. And they will, they will say, oh, we have a dealer trade with ABC dealer. And then we'll say, okay, add another $375 for stripes and what, floor mats and uh Nitro, uh, nitro, everything. They yeah. will do the yeah. same things of the other dealer that the dealers right. do to the customers, and of course, then the other dealer will pass that along to the customer. So, it's a great question because when you do uh, have to buy a car that was swapped from another dealer, of course, I almost forgot to mention: be aware there's going to be a lot of mileage on the car. We, you can have a car come in from Georgia or Alabama to South Florida, and you're looking at. You know, maybe uh, 800 miles on a car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's going to add mileage. But you also want to know, are there extra charges because of the swap? Not just from the cost of the person you have to send to get the car, but from extra stuff that the trading trading dealer has put on the car. Correct. <clears throat> An ethical uh, dealer will tell you up front if there's going to be extra equipment on the car. Yeah. It's not crazy. Let's say they trucked a car in from out of state. And they say, look, we're going to bring this in from South Carolina, and it's going to be another $600 to transport it here. You can still negotiate that because they're likely making plenty of profit to absorb it. Maybe not, but it's definitely negotiable. It's also a reason I hate to expound, but it's such a common problem. There's also a tendency to not want to deal or trade a car because they want to sell you a car today. They want to deliver the car today, and they'll try to talk you out of it. So like everything else in life, there's good things and bad things about dealer trading. Dealer trading raises its own set of hazards, but it also gets you the exact car It brings up a a good point. Uh, Dealers are very incentivized internally to sell the oldest cars that they've they've had in stock because there's a carrying cost to keep those cars there. Mm -hmm. So in a perfect world, they would sell you the oldest car they have an inventory, but that's the one that has the what they call lot rot with uh, dust and flat tires and batteries that haven't been driven a lot. No, so. I'm really digressing here, but <laughs> if you hadn't hadn't said that, I have a friend, actually one of my best friends, that bought a car from me a few years ago, and when I delivered the car, there was a rat in the car. I still think it was his rat. And I had to take the I had to take the car back, and uh, I asked uh, my people at the dealership, where did this car come from with a rat in it? And we got it from Treasure Coast Toyota. It was a dealer trade. We, we dealer traded. So what I had my dealer trade person do is dealer trade the car with a rat back to Treasure Coast Toyota. <laughs> right. Well, we actually got the rat out of the car, but yeah. they chewed They got the rat nest. Exactly. <laughs> so that's too much digression. Uh, 877-960-9960. <laughs> Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text end. us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Let's burn up those lines again, folks. We had yeah. them jammed up and for la- a while. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you never know what the dealers are up to, and uh, negotiate, negotiate. There is always room to ne- negotiate. It's a very important part of your trade your new car purchase, your whatever you're doing in that dealership, 
You never know what they're up to. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, your anonymous feedback, youranonymousfeedback.com. Okay. Voice your opinion. Getting back to the text. All right, I got, I got, I got a very, very special one here. Uh, Steve sent this in. It's a picture from the latest Gallup poll of honest and ethics and professions. And listen to this: car salespeople have moved up. They're not on the bottom. Members of Congress have replaced car people as the lowest trusted pers- uh, <laughs> for pre- profession in America. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then where, where are car dealers? Uh, well, they're second from the bottom. Next to last. <laughs> So. You know, you know it, it, it's it's Rudy funny. with his special effects. You know, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> it just it, here, here's what it tells me: the reason car dealers exist, the reason crooked car dealers exist, is because of crooked politicians, and the two of them are hand in hand, and they are voted hand in hand in honesty and ethics. The the, the politicians are lobbied by the auto associations and the car dealers to not enforce the laws. And we have laws on the books that would actually stop all of this from happening if it were enforced. So, very interesting. Okay, let's move along on the text. Um, we are streaming on YouTube, like we said, and pretty much every social media channel. We have some that are coming on YouTube. Uh, this is from Michael. says, wondering, can I buy a new Toyota from a USA dealer if I live in Canada? I've heard some dealers near the border don't sell to Canadians and that some manufacturers don't honor the warranty. I don't know the answer to that. I do know that there are difference in emission controls. Also, you have to watch the kilometer versus miles issue. Uh, most of the modern cars, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Rick, uh, have the automatic conversion on the odometer now, so you could flip back and forth between kilometers and miles per hour. Um, on the speedometer, but the odometer usually stays in whatever it originally yeah. was. Is that right? right? So that's an issue you need to be aware of, and you also... Uh, need to check on the emission controls. I'm thinking that USA emissions must meet Canadian emissions. I believe they do because we have bought cars from Canada at my dealership yep. and we sold them. And the only issue we ran into at that time was the kilometer. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have sold vehicles to Canadians. There are some issues, but honestly, we'd have to look it up and get back to you next week and let you know what those yeah. are. But it's great that you can shop in another country uh, where you go with a better price. Uh, that would be very interesting, and we probably could do that ourselves. We can online shop prices of cars uh, right across the border in Canada, see how they compare with USA prices. Mm-hmm. For you folks up there, because we're international now, for you folks that are on the border states of Canada, you might be better off to drive across the border and buy yourself a car in Canada. I don't know. Okay. Uh, we have one from Javi, and this is also on YouTube. Good morning. Love the show. I purchased a new 2019 Ram, and it's been at the dealer over five times in over 30 days of service days, which qualified for Lemon Law arbitration. I just lost the process of arbitration due to a windshield defect that makes a whistling noise at highway speeds that drives me crazy. They say I don't qualify for Lemon Law because it's not a dangerous or mechanical issue. Can I still fight the manufacturer and reapply for Lemon Law since they cannot fix the issue on a new vehicle? Thank you. What state uh, can you tell? Um, let's see. I'll have to type back. The, the Lemon Laws are different in each state. Uh, they're kind of the same, but there are little differences. And I wasn't aware in Florida that there was an exclusion, and it was only for safety-related items. I thought it was for any defect of a car that was within the manufacturer's warranty. So if you have a squeaker or rattle in Florida, and they can't get the squeaker or rattle out, you get to another car. 
if it is cannot be fixed by the manufacturer or the dealer. So uh, we need to research that, find out what state it is, it is in. I was I, the dealer may be giving you Florida. Some, Florida, okay. I think the dealer is giving you bad information, and if you have a defective windshield, uh, they should replace it for you. And uh, I'd like to hear the name of the dealer. By any chance, was it Arrigo? We can give uh, cell phone numbers. Oh, was it uh, Chrysler? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, where I am. Let us know. Uh, we can give you the uh, dealer's uh, cell phone number to call and to complain because uh, we know all the local dealers. They're not my friends, but back when I was evil, I got all their cell phone numbers. And now that I'm when recovering. They, when they trusted you. Yeah. yeah. When, they, when they thought you were one, among the, one, one of them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we want to make use of those cell phone numbers that Earl accumulated through his career. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you need one, you just give us a call. They look at me as a dealer that went rogue. <laughs> you know, kind of. <laughs> like, what happened to you, man? <laughs> we used to be friends. All right. Uh, we have one. This is uh, from. This is from Brian uh, on Facebook, and there are tips for dealers, so this should be pretty good. Tips that dealers need to pay attention to. One, no haggle is the way to go. It's a growing trend in the Excuse industry. Excuse me one second. Sure. Where, where Celia, hang on. Uh, I see your name. Yeah. Uh, hey, thank you very much for calling. I'll be with you in two minutes. Thank you. Yep. We'll be right uh, with you. No haggle is the way to go. It's a growing trend in the industry. Uh, no fees. Just add tax. It's straightforward and makes it easier for the consumer. For example, Molinex. We got bad news for you there. Uh, consumers will walk a spook. Make the deal easy and simple. Reassure. And finally, consumers who are easily spooked by details will not be so if things are fair, simple, transparent, and honest. They will buy cars more often if the process is easy and stress-free. And we agree with all of that except for Molinex's dealer fee. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Molinex uh, has several dealerships, and they are all, all operated by one of the Molinex family, and the ones that are not have varied from the path and actually do charge dealer fees. Uh, we need to reshop that particular store, by the way. Celia Hood, thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate it. Yes, welcome to the show, Cecilia. Hey, Celia. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Good Sil- morning, Sylvia. Let me let me set the stage a little bit before uh, you uh, tell us about your very interesting situation. Uh, Celia called me yesterday, and uh, she had had an issue. Her cousin actually had an issue with a dealership in Western Florida, and uh, wanted some advice because uh, um, the cousin had been taken advantage of. And I'll let I'll let Celia tell you the details of that. And uh, I gave her some information to help her. And uh, actually, the uh, as we're, we've done on the show today already, the cell phone number of the general manager of this particular dealership, and Celia tried, uh, and uh, has still so far been unsuccessful. But I'm going to turn it over to you, Celia, and please tell your story. Uh, we'd love to help you, and maybe yeah. we have some listeners that have some ideas. But please go ahead. Yes, my cousin um, was in the market for a car, and it so happened that this that he wanted the color the only place that had it was at the western of toyota western yes and so he purchased a car and he before had um he purchased the car he went over what could he expect uh, interest wise and i told him what a fair fair rate would be and to my surprise that the the rate was actually slightly below um what i said would be a fair rate for him so we're we're in a court. We're in agreement mm-hmm. with the the interest rate, with the the term, with the car. Everything was a good experience until he gave me the paperwork, 
and I inspected the paperwork. I'm a finance manager. I've been doing this for 21 years. Oh. And I'm like, oh, um, do you realize that you purchased all the, um, you purchased an extended warranty, a tire policy, a maintenance policy, and the gap insurance? He goes, no, I did not. I'm like, well, this is $5,250 worth of items. Uh, some of them make sense. He goes, well, they don't make sense to me because I will be, it, I, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't want to pay for these things. I'm like, okay, no problem. Call the, the dealership. Tell them that you don't want them. This is within a day. And um, when he spoke to the, the finance manager, the finance manager told him he couldn't, um, he couldn't do that for him, that he couldn't um, cancel the, the product. Mm-hmm. And so he called me. He goes, oh, it's too late. I can't cancel because I already signed the contract. And like, no, wait a minute. All those, these, some of these things are very good for you, and I do recommend them. If you don't want them, you are allowed to change your mind. You don't have to. If you, you thought about it and it wasn't to your advantage or you don't think it's going to work for you, you are allowed to cancel these products. And we did the calculations, and his payment would go from 650 to 550 He goes, that would be wow. so much more affordable for me to pay $100 less. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, you know, don't worry. I'll call the dealership, and I, I will explain the situation that maybe there was a miscommunication. We're not making any accusations. We're not saying they did it in bad faith. Just that he doesn't want them, and it's a simple solution. Just recontract have them eliminated and lower his payments sure. without these items. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we called and called and called. Nobody would answer. Nobody would call, um, call us back. And finally, the the finance director calls me back and tells me, listen, this is not my job. I don't do these things. And the deal's been funded, and um, so sorry for your luck, but there's nothing we can do. They said the deal's been funded, and it's only been two days since uh, before you called, right? It was two days has transpired. The first day is when we, he called the, the and said that he didn't want it, but um, they said that it was nothing to be done. So once he told me this, I'm like, don't worry, I'll handle it for you. I'll give a call. In my in my career, if somebody changes their mind and they no longer want something, it's a no-brainer. You just, sure. by all means, just come on in. We'll take it out and, and you sure. go about your business. It's not like he was trying to return the car or he had cold feet, or a buyer's remorse. He loved the car, and it was, this has actually just made it a happy occasion of getting the car of his dreams sure. has turned into a nightmare. Sure. So I'm like, surely there there has to be somebody we can talk to. And that's when I called you, because I tried going through corporate, but I don't know anybody, and the only way you can go through through corporate is that you have to have a name so that's what I was kind of looking for when you suggested, well, give the general manager a call, which I tried numerous times, but he wouldn't return my phone calls. Mm-hmm. I was able to get his cell phone and called him. And to my dismay, he was in total agreement with what his finance manager, finance director said. They're like, he's like, under no circumstances will we recontract. And he tra- treated me like very extremely rude sure. and nothing that I would expect from a general manager. I, my experience in the car business, 
the general manager is the captain of the ship, and yes. he's the one that um, determines where the, the deal is going to go in. And if something is wrong, he's the person to make it right. Exactly. And for him to to not do this, and not only that, treat me in a very condescending way and say that there's nothing that can be done when I know it it, it, it can be recontract. It's, it's a two-minute deal. You just sure. print a contract, and that's it. Exactly. No, he's in agreement with his, his cronies. I'm telling you, I've never seen anything like this. Well, Celia, I uh, I really admire your your uh, uh, attitude and to go after this and try to solve it uh, and stick up for what's right. You're totally right. Your cousin was taken advantage of. I believe you mentioned to me uh, when we were talking that uh, he didn't understand that. Uh, it, it, was I correct that your your cousin didn't understand English very well? He doesn't. He doesn't speak, and um, he speaks poorly. Yeah. And he understands even worse. So yeah. maybe they did did explain it to him. He's not. We're not denying that. But he said, "I never agreed to it." Never agreed I, to it. Yeah, they took advantage. He I mean, said, "I listened to him. I listened to him. He was explaining these things, but I never said yes." Yes, you know and, one, one um, thing. I guess they have electronic signing, so he doesn't really get to inspect the. He electronically signs and de- didn't inspect the documents. One thing that I would recommend is that uh, you, when you pursue this, and by the way, uh, the general manager's name at Weston Toyota is David Matthews, and I'm shocked like you are, Celia, that uh, this man who is high up at AutoNation, a general manager, is a very important position, a very high-paid, responsible uh, position. And the fact that Dave Matthews stonewalled you on this uh, is shocking to me. I think that uh, by committing this whole complaint, you're a very articulate, very smart lady, and if you were to put this in writing in an email, uh, it would have a lot of power because AutoNation, as you know, is a publicly owned company. They have uh, fiduciary responsibility, some great liabilities because they're a publicly owned company. And what they're doing here smacks of fraud. I don't say it is fraud. It could have been a mistake, a misunderstanding. But at this point, it sounds they told you something that was wrong. As I recall, you told me that they could not they could not recontract because it had been funded. And as you know, you're a finance manager. They can recontact it anytime they want to. My son, Stu, has a point. Not only can they recontact, it's up to them. Uh, they can flat, It's called a flat cancel. You flat cancel the deal. It might cost them $150 as a, a fee from the lender. But the other thing that can be done is you can cancel all those products that they forced down you. Sure. And within days of you buying the car, you should get a 100% refund. If you waited a few months, you get a prorated. Yeah. And Celia, here's another thing. Uh, we've been watching AutoNation. There's been, you may have seen it in Automotive News. I didn't know till this morning that you were a finance manager. I, I assume at a, a dealership in Florida. But AutoNation has made a major strategic change. They've cut their prices very low. AutoNation car prices, the Prius that he bought, probably had a very good low price on it. And they have openly stated, because they're a public uh, company, they're going to try to make that money back in the finance departments. So they're targeting the finance department with products, not an interest, as you said, which is also uh, interesting that you said the interest was actually a good interest rate. They are selling their branded products, AutoNation products, and you mentioned an extended warranty, AutoNation warranty. They own that warranty company. Uh, AutoNation tire road hazard insurance, AutoNation maintenance 
maintenance insurance, uh, auto nation gap insurance, and that comes up and to a, a 799 dealer fee. And a dealer fee. So $5,250, that's a lot of money. They probably made No, on, but that doesn't include the dealer fee. Um, that, you yeah, have to add on top of that. to that, too. Wow. Huh. So the point yeah. is that, that they actually made very little on the sale of the Prius. My guess is a profit of $1,000 or so. And they made almost six times that with the products that they sold in F&I and the dealer fee. So that is a corporate strategic decision. And what what uh, the uh, used to be Michael Jackson. I forgot who took over from Michael Jackson, his CEO. It was Madonna. Uh, hmm? I think it was Madonna. Madonna, okay. okay. Took over for Michael Jackson, uh, has stated publicly this new t- uh, strategic move, and they have issued uh, new pay plans, I'm sure, to all the general managers and the finance managers, and they're saying, okay, we're not going to wor- uh, focus on front-end profit. We're not going to focus on the markup of the car. We're going to have low markups because we need to do that to be competitive. No, Wayne, I got that. Here, here's, here's the human impact of that. Yeah, yeah. human impact is they're, they're losing money on the markup and the front-end to be competitive. They're making it in the back-end, which is the finance department. So put it in writing, Celia, and uh, you can copy me with it. Try to get a copy of that to the CEO of AutoNation, if my son will uh, uh, Google that, uh, we'll get you his name, and uh, you can probably even get his email address. But I think if you push this, you can actually get this uh, situation handled. Yes, and like I said, normally the buck stops with a general manager. You think if you make a request, and it's a reasonable sure. request. Exactly. We're not asking for a discount on the car. We're not asking for any trouble. It's just quick and simple. Just please remove the products and recontract because he could really use um, making $100 less in payment, which is in somebody that is a hardworking person and um, counts the pennies. $100 is a lot of money. That could pay for his insurance. Sure. And uh, for them to just flat out, not even apologize, on the contrary, uh, treat me like some crazy lady that she, I don't know what I'm talking about. Celia, it's, this is going to be a, this is going to be a crusade for you and me, and the uh, CEO of Auto Nation coming in is Carl C A R L Liebert, L I E B E R T, and the possibly the current, the outgoing Michael Jackson. Uh, is the former CEO. He may still be, but Carl Liebert is coming in. Uh, email Carl Liebert and Michael Jackson. Copy me, and we'll keep we'll keep on this thing because it it fit it fits in. It's almost like a conspiracy, and I think it's probably happening in AutoNation stores all over the country. This is the largest retail of cars in the USA, AutoNation, and for them to target the finance department to make their money and keep their prices low, they're losing money selling cars, so they have to make money back by raping the the customers in the finance department. And $5,250 in finance products plus a $900 plus dollar dealer fee is outrageous. And you and I will team together and we'll, we'll get this thing fixed and your cousin reimbursed. Thank you so much, Mr. Stewart. You have been so helpful in this matter, and I really appreciate it. Okay, let's keep Steve, in touch. We'll continue. We'll stay in touch. Uh, we will. Celia, you, I just thank want to so thank much. you for letting your voice be heard 
and uh, it's amazing women like you that has really changed uh, what goes on in these dealerships. Again, thank you. Okay, how are you? Uh, we see you holding wrong. there. It's just uh, wrong, so we can't let this happen. That's, that's right. Thank that's you. right. Thank you, Sheila. And uh, uh, she's a first-time female caller, so she gets 50 bucks. So, uh, are you still there, Celia? Celia? Yeah, uh, stay on the line, Thank and we'll get your con- I have your contact if, information. We're going to send you $50 because you're yeah, a uh, new female caller. I'll send you $50 caller. as a first female caller. And, again, thank <laughs> you. Thank you so much for sharing this thank story you. with us. We're going to get the job done with your leadership. Yeah. Okay, Howard's gonna, holding. Rick has a Howard. comment, and now we need to get rolling again. Rick? Real fast, you mentioned conspiracy. I almost wonder if part of that conspiracy is not only targeting the customer and the finance but targeting those that don't speak perfect English absolutely, and may not understand because of that language barrier. Absolutely. It's required as a Florida law and probably a federal law that says if you are not competent in a English, there has to be a contract offered to you in your native language, and I believe that probably was never done. Uh, we have Howard holding. Morning, Howard. Yeah, just yeah, good morning, uh, and a happy Father's Day uh, to, uh, to all of you. Thank you. Concerning uh, uh, language uh, barriers, uh, I know in your dealership you have uh, uh, Creole-speaking agents, you have uh, French-speaking agents, Spanish. Yes. Uh, Any other languages, by the way? We wish we had Portuguese. Creole, French, We're working on that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, We're we're trying to expand. I think that uh, there's a big Portuguese population here. We've encountered a number of uh, issues. Uh, by not having a Portuguese native speaking person. In fact, we're actually thinking about forming a Brazilian sales team, and we'd like to, uh, any, any of you folks out there that are Portuguese speaking, Bom dia. That, that, Bom dia, that would like to uh, be, get into the automobile business, we'd love to hear from you. But that's a different, a different subject. But you're absolutely right, Howard. Native speaking salespeople is very important in South Florida. Yeah, I was a language professor uh, wow. In New York, so uh, I know uh, a lot about the uh, Romance languages. I know a Portuguese person could probably understand eighty percent of Spanish, oh. but a, a Spanish-speaking person will get zip out of Portuguese. <laughs> so uh, you know, I, I know that for as a fact. Yeah. Um, here's my question for Rick. Um, I always ask these questions, and you know, they're way out of line, maybe. Uh, what happened to the PCV valve in the, you know, in cars? Are they still around, or is there maintenance on them? They're actually, they are still PCV valves in the cars. Tell us what a PCV uh, valve is, because 99% of the audience does, has no idea. A PCV valve is positive crankcase ventilation. Of course. And I knew that. Basically, I what it that. does is I, I knew that. The, the fumes the, inside no the engine... From the oil, vapors, gasoline, everything that's building up down in the crankcase of the engine. This actually has a ventilation system that draws those fumes out and puts them back into the airflow of the engine so that they can go into the combustion chambers and actually be burned along with the air and gasoline. Does that answer your question, Howard? Yeah, but why aren't they changed? Well, uh, why did, why is there no maintenance? Uh, no place in the manual that says change a PCV valve. And and if that's the case, when when is when should it be changed? That's actually a a part that they have by way of technology. They've improved them to the point of which now they no longer have a little check ball in there, 
and they really don't require maintenance anymore. <coughs> they are almost a, a lifetime part, and the only time you should have an issue is if it begins to plug up and the computer would detect it and actually kick a trouble code for it. So it's become a no-maintenance item. You only replace it if it goes bad. Howard, it's hard for old guys like you and me to get used to the fact that cars are so much better today than they were 40, 50 years ago. Unbelievable. The cars just last forever now. Yeah. Okay, now, since i got Rick on the line, uh, I'd like to talk you about brake jobs. Uh, question number one. Uh, if you're doing a brake job, let's say on a Toyota, should you use Toyota pads or is it good to use Wagner pads? I know they're both ceramic. What do you think about that? I have no problem with Wagner. I think Wagner makes a very good quality product. Um, there are also other companies out there that make very good, high-quality brake pads. I do recommend stay away from what are known as semi-metallic pads because semi-metallic pads, although they have slight advantages in less noise, they actually can cause more wear on the brake rotor itself, and pads are relatively inexpensive compared to the brake rotor. Yeah, and uh, do you have to replace the, uh, uh, and when you do the uh, pads, do you have to re replace the rotors, or can you cut them, or can you leave them on? What is the, uh, the consensus on that? As long as the rotor is still thick enough, we like, we recommend resurfacing or grinding the rotor to get a good smooth surface, take out any pulsation, and make a, a fresh surface for the new pads to ride on. And once those rotors actually begin to get too thin, then we'll recommend replacement. But on again, on modern cars and with the modern technology, rotors, I figure... 200, 300,000 miles, maybe, you might have to think about replacing them. Howard, what's a language professor uh, being so versed in mechanics? I mean, uh, did you uh, did you do that as a sideline when you were teaching German? No, I didn't teach German. I, I know I, I could speak German, but I taught Romance language. Oh, Romance. French, Spanish, and Italian. Mm -hmm. Wow. You're and, a... Uh, you're very different. My sideline was, my side line was I, uh, I taught uh, three jobs. I taught high school, university, and uh, night school. Wow. I did that for about 10 years, and then I got burnt out, and I went back to one job. Wow. And then I retired at the age 55, and I went to Florida, where I met you uh, when you were recovered, before you were recovered, you know, <laughs> when you were selling, uh, I think you were selling uh, Plymouths? Uh, uh, Pontiacs. No. Uh, you know, uh, Pontiacs, that's right. Yeah, you knew, you knew me when I, did I ever take advantage of you when I was <laughs> evil? Oh, yeah. Never. Of course okay. you did. You know, <laughs> sorry, I, sorry, I'm Howard. very knowledgeable about cars. I actually, my MOS in the Army, was, they put me in the Army. I'm a college guy. Uh -huh. They put me in the motor pool. So, <laughs> oh, uh, I, I do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so I was a, uh, a corporal in the motor pool during yeah. the Korean War. Yeah. So uh, what, what can I tell you? So I know a little bit about Jeeps. I know, yeah. I, I know a little about Fording. Uh, do, you know, do you know what Fording is in a Jeep? I, I bet no. Rick doesn't even know that. No. I, uh, let's see. I'm going to take a guess the that it is basically you are making a Jeep ready to go under a underwater almost, crossing a river. Rick, you're the best. 
You know with, everything. With a snorkel. Well, has I a mean, snorkel, I bet. Amphibious. <laughs> well, we, I was able to climb, climb steep hills and go up steps. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you, 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 you know, and uh, again, underwater, in water. And that's what, uh, that's why we won World War II. When, when, had, uh, Howard, when you, when you were in the motor pool, did you know a Sergeant Bilko? <laughs> <laughs> or a guy, Corp, did you know Private Doberman? They were both in the motor pool. That rings a bell. Yeah. I guess that's going. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. not, <laughs> anyway. Well, I'm so like, was Sergeant I've been with you long enough. I'm going to sign off now. And, yeah, uh, great conversation. <laughs> what an interesting guy. Wow. Inter- wow. Very Thanks, interesting, Howard. Howard. Thanks for sharing all those details with us. Uh, Just to change gears a little bit from brake pads that we were talking about with Howard, uh, you know, going into a dealership alone is a no-no, absolutely. You know, to purchase a vehicle, it can just make your head spin. But ladies and gentlemen, I can't repeat myself enough, do not go shopping alone. It is a no-no. We have a mystery shopping report coming up. Uh, shortly and it is from Roger Dean Chevrolet and you can rate that <coughs> excuse me you can rate that uh, mystery shopping report and you can go to uh, the uh, text number 772-497-6530 and uh, you can help us out and rate the mystery shopping report from Roger Dean Chevrolet. Uh, Rick did you have something? I was just going to mention maybe we ought to get Howard together with our old buddy No Hill Mike. Oh yeah. Oh, they'd spend days talking old army vehicles. <laughs> okay, we got the text backing up, and uh, they're coming in as we speak. Yes. Yep. All right, let me get to them. Okay, uh, this is from Robbie, who's a regular texter, and she's referring to Celia's call. She says, "Why can't AutoNation just deduct the fees from the balance of the contract? Then they don't have to rewrite it." Uh, Robbie and Stuart, and I could probably answer that question. Okay. There's two entities that Celia is, or her cousin is dealing with. One is the dealership, and the other is the lender. And I'm assuming it's Southeast Toyota Finance because she mentioned a really yes. good interest rate on a Prius, and they yeah. have special rates. Um, yes. So once that contract is signed, that contract is now between Southeast Toyota Finance and um, and Celia's cousin. So anything, any changes on that contract would have to be agreed upon by both AutoNation and Celia's cousin. So they can make the appeal to Southeast Toyota Finance, but they pro- they still need to get AutoNation on board with that uh, with that call. And if they deducted it from the uh, total amount of the contract, the monthly payment will remain the, the same. same. Right. And, uh, and uh, as you if you listen to Celia's words, it was a hundred dollars per month difference. Yeah. Her cousin is going to be hard pressed to be able to make the payment, so uh, they really need to be recontracted. That's okay, right. we got another text. Yes, we do. Um, hi, Earl. This is Anne. I know you and Nancy love Consumer Reports. Did you see that Consumer Reports loves the new Toyota Supra? They haven't completed formal testing, so it's not the official recommendation, but the article states that what they've seen so far is very good. My husband is very, very excited. He drove a Supra in the early 1990s. Uh, I I didn't know that, and I'm glad that Consumer Reports did uh, test drive the car. I saw some pictures of it. They showed them to our salespeople. Yeah. In fact, we got all excited because we thought we'd actually got one in the dealership. Uh, uh, just a heads up to all you folks out there uh, that are thinking about buying uh, the new Supra or any new uh, low supply, high demand car. Corvettes are a good example. We talked about that last week with uh, John from Palm City. Corvettes can cost a lot of money. So when you're shopping around for a low supply, high demand car like Corvettes and Supras, 
bear in mind that the car dealers will probably try to market up to you over the MSRP. And if they do that, it can get real expensive, a $10,000, even $20,000 markup. There's some people that feel like they have to have the first new model on the block. By the way, the first new Supra went through auction, and a local person by the name John Stalupi bought that new Supra that went through auction for $2 million. Yeah, most of that went to charity. It was part of the thing, but yeah. yes, he came out of pocket. Yeah, two point one million dollars. Yeah, two point one million dollars. So there's a, a fervor and a frenzy hysteria that goes into buying low supply, high demand products. So be very careful when you're buying a Supra to be sure that you know how much over manufacturer suggested retail they're going to mark that up. Shop around, and then find the dealer that will give you the lowest markup over MSRP and get on his waiting list, get a refundable deposit, and wait a while for the Supra. And you might even find out that six months from now, you can buy one below MSRP. Uh, I'm not so sure that would happen with the Supra because they're not going to build very many of them. Stu? I have information that makes this uh, even more perilous for consumers. The first Supra that every dealer will get is a limited edition in a special color that they're never going to make again. So that's going to drive up the demand or the hype even more, mm. which will lead the dealers to charge even more exorbitant markups. Over we'll MSRP. sell ours to John Stalupi. Huh? Maybe for $2.2 million, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Hey, John. Hey, John, are you listening? Give me a call. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, don't be taken advantage of by greed. Please do your homework. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Remember, you make the show. Rick? And please vote on the Mystery Shopper Report at 772-497-6530. Now, Rick has a question. I've heard an interesting rumor that the new Super is going to be limited to seven years and 33,000 cars total for that seven years for the U.S., I believe. Yeah, I knew it was going to be Worldwide slow. will obviously be more, but... Okay, let's move along to another text. The waters. Okay, uh, we have one here. There's no name on it. It says, Earl, what precautions do you take to prevent the spread of infectious diseases that will be transmitted from surfaces inside vehicles being sold? Thousands of hands will operate the steering wheel and shifter knobs in just one vehicle before it is sold. This is a public safety issue. I doubt many dealers do take this seriously. Well, I uh, I think just uh, general cleanliness. We don't uh, disinfect the cars. Uh, I, th I think thousands of hands is, is a generous estimate. Yeah, exactly. I it's, wish. Like, it's, like, it's like anything else. I you know. Yeah, uh, we. You should keep your car clean on the inside. My Nancy just you should fessed, keep your she fessed home up. clean on the inside. And just your customary. There's no extraordinary precautions that are taken with cars. But you're right. Uh, uh, they say that uh, They say that the, that your iPhone has actually got more yeah. uh, microorganisms and, and uh, germs than uh, your toilet seat. That's right. However, I would throw is, a one little this caution. This is going to be like bagels. This is going to go on for a long time. Yeah, we have to, Rick, that's legit. do not put hand sanitizer on any surface in your car unless you test it somewhere first mm -hmm. because the high alcohol content in those hand sanitizers can cause damage to some of those materials. Okay. Good point. Good point, Rick. Another text? Yes. Um, here we go. Uh, it's on Facebook. Uh, first one is from Steve. Um, says all public companies have a shareholder 
shareholder relationship department. I've always had success going through them to get a response from a human. You don't have to be a shareholder to contact them. So that's good information for Celia um, and her and her cousin who was dealing with auto nation. That is a great. If you just tuned in, we had a, a horrific uh, complaint from a uh, lady that happens to be a finance manager whose cousin bought a car from Weston Auto Nation Toyota, and they charged them. Uh, $5,250 extra products in the finance department without, according to uh, her, the cousin, disclosing it. And uh, so it, it, AutoNation is a public company, and this text is uh, very, very uh, accurate. When you go to the shareholders, in fact, I wouldn't, if you, if you really want to get their attention, buy one share of AutoNation stock, and then you are a shareholder, and you have certain legal rights and they have to recognize a stockholder in a public company. And you would definitely have your, your um, email or your letter or your phone call or whatever you communicated to the shareholders line on the AutoNation website. It would come to a whole new set of eyes that might take this very seriously. Thank you. Okay. Uh, next one comes from, <clears throat> from Facebook live, vid- uh, live Video. This is from Edlin. Good morning. My dealer is forcing me to do a transmission service on my 2018 Honda Accord, which has 34,000 miles on it. Uh, what is good mileage to do a transmission service, by the way? It's $360 that they're trying to charge. Please advise. Rick, what is it for Toyota? There is no maintenance interval recommended by the factory for Toyota transmissions. Okay, that's likely the same for Honda, but we don't know for sure. But we can Google it because whatever is in your owner's manual, uh, you have an owner's manual. If not, you should have one and you can get one quickly for your 2018 Honda and look up the recommended service. If it is not a factory recommended transmission service, just say no. Turn around and walk away. And I change Honda dealers. Yeah. I would I, I would go to a Honda dealer that wasn't trying to take advantage of me. Uh, we don't know that for sure, but uh, if Stu can't find it in the next couple of minutes, it will be, the answer will be in your owner's manual. Well, I'm looking real quick, and this, this is not a deep dive research thing, but just a Google suggested answer says, um, uh, 50,000 or 100,000 miles, but that's not from Honda. So we'll keep looking yeah. and get the actual. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say it most doesn't. new vehicles, 2018, 2019, do not require transmission services. And uh, the older ones do. But I believe there's some exceptions. We're not sure. Honda may be one. About the only exception that I might add in there is if you've got a truck or something or you're doing a lot of towing or in very extremely dirty circumstances, say you're doing a lot of dirt road driving. But your owner's manual would point that out. They and always they, they will. They, all, they, all, yeah. they always CYA, and in the owner's manual, they will give you the recommended maintenance, and then they will say, maybe in the fine print somewhere, but if you happen to have a truck, or you happen to have a car for that matter, and you're pulling a big trailer, then all bets are off. So yep. they even have limits on what you can pull, and if you pull too much, then you void your warranty. You know, that owner's manual is a book of knowledge, and I believe that there are more consumers that are referring to the, your owner's manual, but uh, not enough today. But uh, pull that out, and it will definitely inform you about your vehicle. Give us a call, 877-960-9960, and uh, you can text us at 772-497-6530. And I believe that Stu has some more text to share with us. Uh, We're getting almost caught up. we got two left. Um, this first one is from M. Av. 
for what you guys do, your show should be syndicated across the nation. Oh, thank you. I totally agree. But we you are. syndicators out there, you <laughs> syndicators out there, uh, make us an offer. And we're kind of syndicated. We're, kind of, we're, we're self-syndicated. Yeah, we're self-syndicated. Thank you All very right. much. Uh, the next one is also from uh, YouTube stream. It's from Bruce INPB. Should I buy the Lexus, the 2016 Lexus LX570 with the airbag that cannot be replaced? I think I already know Earl's answer to this. Gosh, I didn't even know you couldn't replace the airbags in a 2016 Lexus. Well, it, it's probably um, a Takata that doesn't have a fix yet. But I didn't oh, know. I see. I did. I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No. I. Uh, if that's what you mean, I thought maybe Lexus had uh, had a mental breakdown and decided to build uh, a car without. Uh, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. If you have a Takata airbag issue and they don't have a replacement for it, uh, I wouldn't do it. It's just you know the odds against you being killed by uh, by a Takata airbag are slim, but. You know, it's slim that you're going to get kid crossing the street, too. So why not look both ways, and why not cross with the light? And, you know, why why increase the odds? Don't buy a car with a Takata airbag that doesn't have a replacement. The chances of being struck by lightning are, are huge, astronomical. Yeah. And yet a fellow up mid-central Florida just got hit by lightning while riding a motorcycle. And we, I mean, we're, the, we're caught it up. can happen. I read that. Oh. Oh, Actually, I've got one other here. Uh, Fender just wanted to share another happy story. I bought a 2017 Toyota 4Runner a couple of years ago using the methods from watching you, mainly doing the negotiations via email. Oh. I ended up getting $6,000 off sticker, and the only fee was a $199 dealer fee. Fantastic. Yeah, Amazing. that's great. It's, uh, it's, so, Amazing. it's so unnecessary to go into a car dealership yeah. until you're ready. To, well, you need to go into a car dealership to test drive the car. You might want to smell the leather. You might want to you know, feel the car. And, to, and you definitely want to take it for a, a long test drive. I, I recommend you test drive a car for at least a day. And if they won't give you to for a day, uh, a few hours. And be sure you drive it in the same conditions that you normally drive your other car. I-95, uh, neighborhood driving. Drive it wherever you drive your car and give it a good test drive, but buy the thing online, negotiate online, uh, get your information, everything online. That kind of advice, you just can't go wrong. We're going to go to Karen, who's calling from Boynton Beach. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. How's everybody? Good well, morning. Thank second, you. second time caller, listen to you every week. Thank um, you. I just had a question because my Toyota <clears throat> Yaris uh, 2014 uh, 17,000 miles um, is due for its two, you know, every uh, six months I get maintenance. And my Toyota of Deerfield, where I bought it, sent me a, a little coupon oil and filter change with tire rotation for 45 bucks. So anyway, I started looking through some of my uh, previous um, receipts from them, and I also called up uh, Firestone to get a uh, quote on the same thing. And one Firestone tells me $28 with a free uh, tire rotation with regular oil, and the other one said with synthetic oil, something like 60 plus $20 for the tire rotation. So what my question is, I should have probably looked into this before, am I supposed to be putting synthetic oil in there or, or regular conventional oil? 
I'm actually going to uh, Google that. Uh, you can't go wrong with synthetic, but then again, synthetic is more expensive. On the other hand, mm-hmm. the fossil oil, the regular oil, uh, you you have to change twice as often. So it's almost a wash. I'm going to guess mm-hmm. you probably should have synthetic oil in a 2014 Yaris, but mm-hmm. I'll, I'll confirm that. What I will say while uh, Rick is Googling, I would say this, that all these offers that you get from Toyota uh, dealers or anyone else, uh, on oil changes and tire rotations, typically are pretty good prices. And uh, they do that to get you in. Where you yeah. really have to be careful is when they inspect. They'll have a 25-point inspection on your 2014 mm-hmm. Yaris. And my guess mm-hmm. is they're going to find something far more expensive than the $65 to fix for it's, you. So exactly. be leery of that. And then if they quote you something that needs to be te- checked, changed, or replaced, or fixed, then go to another dealer and get a second opinion. Uh, these uh, get-you-in-the-door offers from dealers or independent chains are just exactly that. They want to upsell you. That's what they call it in-house. They say, we need to get them in the door so we can upsell them, sell them something that uh, we can make more profit on. And my other uh, thing I I noticed going through the bills here from the time I had the initial uh, 40, what is it, uh, I think uh, 48, let's see, it was the initial two-year free maintenance. Mm-hmm. I was getting synthetic oil in there on the slips, except one time conventional, but usually synthetic. But yeah. then when I went to my, my, my own that I was paying for, it looked like they were putting the regular oil in. So who knows? Yeah, I watch that because the synthetic needs to be changed every 10,000 miles and the uh, regular oil, the fossil oil, only uh, 5,000. But you have to, so one costs a lot more and the other one needs to change half as many times. So it's really six of one, half dozen of the other. I prefer mm-hmm. the synthetic because you don't have to go into the car dealership that often. Right, and I, I, I just don't drive the car that much either. So sure. it's yeah, it gets to be where I just... Well, but bear in mind that you need to do six months or 10000 and my guess mm-hmm. is you're not putting 10000 on six months, but you still, I'm, I'm sorry, if you're using synthetic, you should you should have it changed once a year, even if you don't put 10000 on it. Oh, okay, good. Good. Okay. Well, thank you very much, and appreciate all the information you give us. And, and Karen, Karen, let me add to this that you really have to be careful with the emails that you receive from these dealers and the mailers. Uh-huh. They just want to get you in the door. Yeah, Karen, if uh, Rick finds this uh, information on synthetic versus fossil on the 2014 Yaris, uh, we will announce it later in the show if you're still looking. And, okay, great. And great. we'll let you know thank for you, sure. Thank you so much. You're thank welcome, you, Karen. Good day. Mm-hmm. Keep, keep in touch, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. It's 5W30 Standard Motor Oil. Standard Motor Oil. Karen, if you're still tuned in, uh, they recommend that you use Standard Motor Oil, motor oil 5W30, and that does mean that you should check it every six months or 5,000 miles, whichever comes first. If you can use the synthetic, but if you use synthetic, it's more expensive, but you only have to worry about it every 10,000 miles or one year. So it's your call. The synthetic actually is a little bit better, but not a whole lot better. Earl, on behalf of the consumers, I have a question for you. Okay. How can the consumer be reassured that when she or he brought the car in for an oil change, they used either synthetic or fossil. It's apples and oranges. 
with price, with changing the oil. So what do they do? Ask for the can? I believe it's, I think it's written on the repair order, isn't it? The actual time for no, oil? No, what's Nancy saying? How can you trust the dealer? Oh, you can't. <laughs> uh, usually, if, if very few dealers use canned oil anymore. You can ask to see the can if they use canned oil. Most of them use bulk oil, and then it's a word of the dealership, and uh, it's an excellent question because it costs the dealer twice as much for synthetic, and he could just be selling you uh, re- uh, refined uh, waste oil and calling it uh, high-quality synthetic. So find the dealership or an independent repair shop that you can trust. Interestingly enough, I asked this question of somebody one time, uh, somebody that knew. I said, if I gave you a sample of oil, can you tell by looking at it in any way? You'd actually have to spend a lot of money, send it to the lab to have someone tell you whether it was synthetic or, yep. or fossil oil. So yeah, it's, you, a, it's a worthy question. They could be using olive oil, yeah. mazola oil. I don't know. You know who do you trust? <laughs> That's more text. <laughs> Extraversion. Um, this is actually, oh wow, from Steubenville, Pennsylvania. Ah, Steubenville. Um, can I use WD 40 instead of Rainex to repel rain on my windshield? That's from John in Steubenville. That is probably the worst thing you could do. WD 40, if you spray down the windshield, will actually dry down nice and clear. And then, once it starts to rain and your wipers start going across it, mm. that stuff will smear. And reduce your visibility to near zero. Mm. That's actually an old prank that we used to do way back when I was some, shall we say, with a bit of misspent youth. You're a delinquent. Uh, I um, almost, almost. I wasn't quite as bad as you, but I was close. What but did we you, what did you hear? You we would what is spray this on you? the windshield, <laughs> and it would dry Take down that. clear. But the moment it started raining. It will smear okay. horribly. How do you get that now, off I'm not the your windshield? father, but that's a very dangerous prank. Mm-hmm. Very it is. carefully. All right, moving along. Lots of, lots of soap and water and lots of elbow, elbow grease, grease to get that off. we got a caller. We have a okay, caller. Okay, we are going to go to Stuart, a first-time caller. Darcy, good morning. Hi, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Hi. Well, we can, what can we help you with, Darcy? Um, I wanted to know if you're making the Celica again. I heard uh, someone mention Supra <laughs> earlier on the show, and there was a Celica Supra in the late 70s. Yeah, well, we uh, go ahead, Sue. Well, I think the evolution of the, the Toyota Supra, it started off as a Celica, and then it became known as the Celica Supra. Um, the Celica continued on its own line, and then Supra kind of became its own thing. Um, there are no plans right now for Toyota to bring back the Celica from what I know. Oh, okay. Yeah, but the Supra is like a really kind of a limited thing. It's not going to be a, like a major production thing. Most dealers will probably have like one or two you know, every month. So, um, But the Celica yeah. was a great car. I think they discontinued it like around 2001 or 2002. Yeah, I think you're right. What a time. Okay, yeah, I Beautiful have several car. of the Celicas. Yeah. That was my first car was a Celica Supra. Mine. Yeah. Well, Darcy, also. Darcy, thanks very much I for calling. Uh, you were stay on the line. And uh, Rudy can get your contact information, Darcy, and I'll get that check yep. for $50 out to you. Oh, that's nice. Thanks. Uh, thanks for you're calling, quite Darcy. welcome, and uh, thanks for giving us a call here at Earl Stewart on Cars. Have a great weekend. All the time. All right. Okay, 877-960-9960. Text at 
497-6530. And we've got another text. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no name on this. It just says, with all the storms we've been having in South Florida, I thought it would be appropriate to raise the issue of lightning. Most people believe they are safe in their cars. But recently, a woman in St. Petersburg was in her car when lightning hit it when she was on the highway. All her, airbag, all her airbags went off, and the car died. If she had Takata airbags, the story would have been a tragedy. Wow, I, I didn't know that. Never thought about that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I always thought that the car was a safe place, too. And uh, But uh, I guess if it's lightning, you're not safe. Uh, yeah, we've been misled. With a Takata uh, airbag problem. We're going to go to John, who's calling from Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. Hey, John. And happy Father's Day to the men. Thank you. Um, talking, lit up a bulb in me, talking about Super and Celica. I guess Earl must have missed it for his wife. In 1981 and a half, I purchased for my wife a Celica 10th anniversary edition. Mm. It was a Celica special model, Super interior. They made them only in two-tone uh, red, I mean uh, brown or in black, very, very rare car. Uh, I don't think even Earl grabbed it for his wife. They were kind of, they were hard to get, difficult to get. I had to go to New Jersey for mine, and I kept it for 17 years, but I finally, when I moved to Florida and have a garage, and rather than see it deteriorate, I sold it to a friend of mine in, in Bayside, New York. But it was a fabulous car. It had a deluxe interior in it, very limited. I forget how many they made. I've never seen another one. I go to auto shows, mm-hmm. and I've never seen another one at any of these shows. And I was just, the one I had was in uh, brown, and it had a beige two-tone on it. And it was a Celica, but it was basically a super interior in it with deluxe uh, trim and just a fabulous car. Probably one of the best cars I've ever owned. Mm. But yeah. it was an anniversary Celica 10th anniversary edition. Yeah. Does Earl remember that car at all? I, I remember I it. I, I, I was just thinking, a guy like you that knows so much about cars, uh, and you're almost like a collector, and you know what you follow it, I bet you would agree with this statement. If you'd taken all the money that you put in the stock market and the bank over the years and picked out the right cars, collector type, and put them in a warehouse like John Sloopy does, you'd have done a lot better than you would in the stock market. Well, I agree with you, but... Um I bought it. My wife used it, put very little mileage on it, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a cheap car at the time. If I remember, I did get a slight discount, and I got a fabulous trade-in on a 76 Corolla station wagon I got from it. And the, the dealer himself that owned it was a small dealer in Jamesburg. He said to me, if you have any more trade-ins, any, I want to have your car because the way you service it and keep it up and your cars with mileage, they even look brand new. But it wasn't cheap. Like I say, it was, if I remember... I still have the bill somewhere, and it was a basic $10,000, which was a lot. That was a recession time, and for a Celica, basically it was a Celica. A lot of money at the time, but a very, very rare car. What a wonderful gift. I wanted to bring up about is safety. I really have to laugh. Earl is right. I mean, on a 2015, it's it's a good car to buy as used, but it's, uh, it's obsolete already for the safety equipment. Yeah. But I started thinking when I was 12 years old, I'm not even in high school yet, we had a place in the country, and I drove and actually learned how to drive a private road, a Model A Ford. Huh. Now, probably everybody knows how well they sold, but it's probably, when you think about it, the unsafest car 
I mean, <laughs> over your head on a dashboard, but on the outside yeah. was the actual gas tank. Now, you talked about safety-wide. Yeah. Imagine driving and having a gas tank smack in front of you yeah. if anything ever happened, you know, with explosions or uh, accidents. And then all the cars for years, up until 1966, when the government mandated uh, dual-speed, two-speed windshield wipers, were vacuum windshield wipers worked off the vacuum in the engine, and and that's up until '66 basically that it was eliminated. It wasn't allowed anymore. It had to be electric, and as you accelerated or accelerated hard, the vacuum was not there, and your wipers completely stopped. Probably at a moment when you needed them the most. Yeah. So it just shows you how far we went in safety features. Just mention those two items alone. Exactly, yeah. But you felt safer because before you were riding a horse, and they were really dangerous, and you felt safer in the Model, <laughs> Model A. But uh, everything is relative. You're right, John. That's a very good observation. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling. Okay, I guess we've got... We're going to uh, go to Doug and Ollie from Boca. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Ollie. Hey, guys. You there, Doug? Are you there, Ollie? Do I have to say meow? You might have to. You yeah. just did. Yeah. How hey. are you guys? Hey, great. Okay, so when when I go to the Honda dealership, I have a Honda Civic Si, uh -huh. and and they say that that car can only take synthetic oil. That's not true, then. I guess Rudy doesn't like Doug. I mean. <laughs> what, what do you got against Doug, man? Come on. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Doug. But, but we got the, the answer is um, either they they recommend the synthetic, but I think it's the same thing. You can put conventional, correct? It's not going to hurt anything. Yeah. Well, the, the dealer's recommended booklet will generally show synthetic. Okay. However, yeah. if you want to switch. back. We can stop talking now. Okay, Doug, I'm sorry. Uh, we hung up on you. I apologize. Oh, I thought Ollie did that. Well, maybe you did. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... So my, my manual says, the uh, owner's manual says, only synthetic oil, and of course, only premium. But I, I changed my gas to, to the second one, which is a little lower octane, and it's running fine. Mm -hmm. So my question is, can I put regular oil in there or no? Yeah, you can. It's just a question of uh, having a change it twice as often. I think you should stick with a synthetic because you change it every 10,000 miles or one year. And if you put in the regular oil, uh, it costs much less, about half as much. But you've got to change it twice as often. So six of one, six of one, half dozen of the other. And the synthetic is actually a little bit better oil than the fossil oil. Okay, now I have to tell you a short story about my brother who had a Toyota Celica. Uh-huh. And... And the sunroof on it had a crank. Oh. And this is an interesting story because one night he was driving in Tampa and the driver cut him off and he wound up in the Tampa Bay. Oh, Lord. And oh, Lord. Um, the way he got out is he had to crank open the, uh, the sunroof. Wow. And then he crawled through that. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's very interesting. <laughs> because, you know, sometimes the old-fashioned stuff has got some good things about it. And I, I worry about the idea of uh, going to a canal, what I could open and what I couldn't open. And uh, that's an interesting story. Thank you very much, Doug. Okay, you guys have a great day. And Ollie says meow. Uh, meow right Thank back you. at you, Ollie. Great hearing from you. 
Uh, we're gonna go to uh, we're gonna go to John. Those are Ollie's friends. Uh, and uh, John has been holding. Thank you for your patience. He's calling from Stewart. Good morning, well, John. Morning. Uh, yeah. First of all, I I was calling in. I tried for an hour to call in because you you guys when you say the phone numbers, you say them pretty quick. Well, and, and then you give the text thing. So maybe well, if you just. Maybe you'd, I noticed you weren't getting any calls there for a while, and I didn't know if that's why it was. But anyway, I got in, and so I had a question about the dealer swap thing, about, you know, car dealers yeah, dealer taking trade. and, uh, you know, trading cars. You know, one guy has a white one, one guy he needs a blue one or something like that. Because yeah. I, I heard, and you said something about paying people to do that, you know, like $50 or $100, depending on the, the distance, you know. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering, how does someone, like... I was involved in in uh, private education, like a principal and a teacher and a coach for like 40 years, and now I'm retired down here in Stewart. And uh, you know, I'd like to do something like something like that. But how do you get your foot in the door on something like that? Well, you call me, and uh, you know, we'd be glad to check uh, our requirements for dealer trade people. And uh, uh, you, uh, all dealers are always looking for qualified safe drivers and they look for they check your your driving history and if you don't have any accidents and you're qualified they love to have people like you that are cut above and respectable people that they can trust with their car and the car they pick up but you can call my dealership uh, you can call any car dealership and say i'm interested in this and uh usually most car dealers are looking for good people like you that would do that you just don't want some kid coming in yeah. that's 19 years old and you don't want somebody that's got a dui and you don't want someone that just looks a little shady but you sound like a you know a cut above the average and uh, we'd love to talk to you or any yeah. dealer would. Our, our best driver has always been re- uh, retirees. Yes, exactly. And they just, they're reliable yeah. and they don't, they don't smoke in the car. It's just, uh, they're good people. Yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. Because I see, I, I only had, like I had one ticket when I was in college, like 50 no, I'm years sorry, ago. You're <laughs> and, you know, that was a stupid thing <laughs> I did, like passing on a yellow line and that yeah. guy saw me. But I, no tickets, no accidents. Only accident I had in the last five years is I was riding my motorcycle up in Colorado, setting a, a red light, and the guy came up behind me in a pickup truck and ran into me. You know, but that, but that's it. So I'd like to, I'd like to do that. So that's good. I'll call your dealership and call some of these yeah, other me, The me other spoke. thing is, I have a 2008 Porsche Cayenne. Wow. And it has like 120, 130. No, 120 some thousand miles, but it's coming up with a 132,000 mile service thing, and they're supposed to change all these fluids. Is wow. that is that necessary, or do you know? Well, I tell you, a Porsche dealer is going to rake you over the coals. I owned a Porsche many years ago. Yeah, I'm not going to go to the dealership. Yeah. That's for sure. Oh, you uh, had one, okay? If, John, if the owner's manual recommends it. I would recommend you have it done. I'm not at all familiar, and I know Rick isn't either with Porsches, but a good rule of thumb, if the owner's manual says you have it done, don't take it to a Porsche dealer. Take it to a good, trusted, no. uh, independent, and have whatever the owner's manual says done. And uh, when you call my dealership, tell them that you and I spoke on the radio. Be sure that they understand, and we'd love to talk to you. Okay, that sounds good. I love your show. I listen to it almost every every Saturday. So you guys well, keep thanks. up the good work. Thank okay? you very much. Great. Thank you. Sure. Go ahead. Hey, John, just a a quick thought if you're still listening. Um, Go online and look for public forums for Porsche owners and 
If you find people that are local around in your area, talk to them and ask who they use as a mechanic. Do Great this for, for any car you have. Great suggestion. I keep forgetting it's just you know the the Google world and the internet online world. There's no question that can't be answered, and the car owners have banded together. Every car, Porsches, uh, you name it, they have clubs, they have groups, they have online chat rooms, and everything you ever wanted to know about a Porsche Cayenne of that age, they will have it online. Seek and you shall find. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I want to share something with you and uh, to John's a statement that he made, our last <clears throat> caller from Stewart. You know, uh, the price that we're paying for popularity, you're going to give us a call and the line will be busy. But as Earl said earlier, please give us a call back. Uh, we only have so many lines, so we can only accommodate so many of our listeners. And I will try, we all will, John, to slow down whenever we do give out that phone number. 877 yeah. 9960. Right now, we're not taking any more callers because we are going to our mystery shopping report. Actually, we're going to a couple texts. Then and we're going we, to, to, the to, to, to finish this up, you can get in touch with us by text at 772-497-6530. Now to Stu's Texas, he'd like to share with us. All right, here we go. Hello, guys. Been listening for months now up here in Vermont. Yay. Uh, Question. I have a chance to get a new leftover 2018 Jeep Compass Trailhawk today. Uh, There is $5,500 in rebates. They're also supposedly giving giving it to me for cost, and they're giving me the holdback. MSRP is $31,888. My sale price is $30,400, and then the rebate would come off. Should I expect a deeper discount than this for the car they've had on their lot for over 400 days? And I can answer that because while I was waiting, I did a little research on the 2018 Jeep Compass. I went to TrueCar.com to see what kind of discounts and also to verify if there was a $5,500 rebate. Um, now, I'm looking in Florida because TrueCar gives you local information, but it should be pretty close. Um, the rebate is correct, but the discounts that I'm seeing are around $1,800 on TrueCar, and it looks like they're giving you a $1,400 discount. Um, a $1,400 discount including holdback, I'm not that familiar with Jeep Chrysler, but that sounds a little bit light to me. When you look at holdbacks and discounts um, to cost, you're probably, I mean, a minimum of $2,000 in holdbacks. So, and, just, and you can just go to TrueCar.com, yeah. input your information. They'll give you the true car dealers in your region, and you can compare that true car price because true car requires that they put their dealer-installed accessories and all their hidden fees into the true car price. So you get an out-the-door price plus government fees only from true car. Compare that with what this dealer told you. And furthermore, uh, if you have any Costco warehouses in your area, I would look for a um, for a Jeep uh, dealer who is affiliated with Costco Auto Program. Be careful when you go in there. Make sure you do the follow all the steps that you find on CostcoAuto.com. Okay, uh, mystery shopping report. We have one more. Oh, we have another one, okay. And this came on um, youranonymousfeedback.com. And, oh, I just lost my spot. Give me one second. Here we go. Uh, By the way, you can give us all your feedback anonymously on youranonymousfeedback.com. Shout out to Rick Case Hyundai. Great folks. I didn't get an okay deal. I didn't get a good deal. Not even great. I got a fantastic and out-of-this-world deal, and I'm so happy that I made the long drive there. Also, they have no problem foregoing the arbitration agreement. 
Just say no and the deal goes on. I followed Earl's advice and only dealt with the dealer using the out-the-door price. Thank you. And this is from a loyal listener. Wait a minute. There's a, he signed it. Loyal Rick listener. Rick Case. Oh, right. <laughs> well, Rick Case is uh, admitting he took your advice then. So, um, hey, thanks for letting us know. And, and, and by the way, listeners, please... Use the inco- uh, use the uh, anonymous feedback thing if you if you're not comfortable letting us see your your your, cell- your phone number. And remind me to talk more about the arbitration agreement because we haven't talked about that in a few months. Very important that we talk about that, but it'll have to be next week because we got the mystery shopping report. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Okay, mystery shop of Roger Dean Chevrolet, and this is a Takata test. Roger Dean Chevrolet is a long-standing dealership. On Okeechobee Boulevard in West Palm Beach, the dealership was established 50 years ago. And the name Roger Dean is well-known and respected in South Florida. Roger Dean passed away in 1997, and control of the dealerships were passed to his daughter, Patty. The company has another Chevy location in Cape Coral, Florida, and also ownership interest in 21. I didn't, I didn't realize this. 21 other dealerships in the United States. Many in our community recognize his name from Roger Dean Stadium in Jupiter. Stadium is uh, the St. Louis Cardinals spring training home and got its name after a million-dollar contribution from the Dean family just before Roger passed away. I went to Roger's funeral, by the way, and I knew him uh, for many years. We're mystery shopped. Uh, we've mystery shopped Roger Dean Chevrolet a few times over the years and have gotten mixed results. The last time we were in there was in November 2017. Our shopper, Agent X, was subjected to some pushy sales tactics and a deceptive $10,000 discount advertisement in the newspaper. Roger Dean, interestingly, is about the only car dealer that still advertises in the Palm Beach Post. And uh, I think literally almost the only one. This time around, we're putting Roger Dean Chevrolet to the Takata test. We found a 2010, nine years old. 2010 Honda Accord with a passenger side Takata airbag recall. There is a fix available, but no one has bothered to get it fixed yet. I mean, nine years, and we, you know, we'll find out probably in the Carfax report later how many times this car has changed hands, but nobody's fixed this four times. Wow. Four times. And nobody gets it fixed. They don't know what's broken. They, they don't, it's not their fault. That's not their fault. Yeah. Make no mistake about it, this is a dangerous vehicle. The mere fact that there's an unstable, explosive airbag inflator uh, situated inches away from the occupants in the vehicle is bad enough. However, there are two factors that make this especially dangerous. The age, nine years, and the climate in which it's existed. South Florida, folks, I mean, we're talking tropical. You know, we're talking mosquitoes, heat, humidity. I mean, it is... Why did I mention mosquitoes? It just seems like they go swampy with heat and humidity. Because uh, that's part of the definition of Florida. Yeah, yeah I guess you're right. <laughs> the propellant is uh, in defective Takata airbags grows more unstable. No, ammonium nitrate is a propellant. That's what makes it blow up. After seven or eight years, the danger begins to peak. I think it's even before that, actually. After nine years, the danger is even higher. And... Uh, uh, hot and humid climates also give the instability of the explosive propellant. This this stuff is what they used to blow up uh, the the place in Oklahoma. Oklahoma City, that's you what Tim The Arthur P. Murrah building. Yeah, fertilizer. It's basically like fertilizer. This Honda has spent its entire existence, all nine years, in swampy South Florida. That, that's where the mosquitoes came from. Yeah, that's what it is. 
Airbag is literally, and I'm using the word literally in a, a literal t- sense. Yeah, literal fact. <laughs> But you're actually not using it because it might be a time bomb, literally, but it's not ticking. Now, we wish they ticked. That was irony, by the way. Yes, I know that. <laughs> but uh, uh, so much for the English language. But the ticking uh, time bomb is, uh, it, it couldn't be any worse. It's I mean, a silent nine timer. years. Nine years. Nine years. I just can't believe the car has never been fixed in nine years. Can I just and apologize? Here, and here we have it with a, with a Chevrolet dealer. And remember, too, that as these Hondas get much older, some of these airbags have been known to literally explode without impact for yeah. no reason. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. I left the word not out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm supposed to be not using it literally. Agent Thunder was sent on this dangerous mission, and that's literally a dangerous Dave, mission. Yeah, thank you. Um, I called. I'm speaking the first person like I was Agent uh, Thunder. I called Roger Dean Chevrolet and asked to speak with someone who used cars. I was transferred to a woman named Jamie, who identified herself as an Internet sales associate. I asked about the 2010 Honda Accord. Jamie told me it was available and that they had it online for $5,969. That's a, that's a good price. Yeah, everybody price. wants a car that cheap. I told her I'd come to see her right away, and she told me to ask for Frankie. Frankie and Jamie. Two men, his name wasn't Johnny. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> I drive right over and arrived around 12.30 p.m. As I approached the showroom, I saw a man watching me through the glass. He got up, made his way to the door, introduced himself as Frankie. I said I was the, uh, the I guess I was the only appointment expected. Frankie was ready for me. He said it was good to see me and suggested we go see the Accord. He already had the keys in his hand. Uh, listen to this uh, next uh, couple sentences. Frankie was extremely likable. He was funny, and he had a great smile. You know, that, that, I mean, it just sounds like description, but it's important. Uh, Nancy and I were chit-chatting around about that on the way into the radio studio. I followed Frankie into the, uh, uh, listening to him as we got in the car, making small talk along the way. Once we found it, we opened all the doors, let me explore. After a few minutes, he suggested we take it for a ride. He let me drive. I felt a little better about that, not being directly in front of the defective airbag. But Poor Frankie. Yeah. Well, I've said before. It's not going to help you. It ain't going to make it. He's got a hand grenade in there, a time bomb. goes off three inches to the right or three inches to the left. It doesn't make any difference. Frankie did not ask for my driver's license, nor did he put a dealer tag on the car. We drove off tagless. And I don't want to get into too deep, but that's meaningful also. And I'll go back to this later if we have time. Frankie really chatted me up for the ride like he was really trying to get to know me. I waited for a good opportunity to steer the conversation back to the car. Uh, finally, I was able to squeeze in the first of the three questions. Was he aware of any mechanical problems? He said there were none. The car had checked out. Remember that. You'll hear this phrase many times. A few minutes later, I asked question number two. Did he know if it had ever been in an accident? Frankie said no. He'd seen the Carfax report. And it checked out. Checked out. He went on to say the Carfax report indicated that this car was very well maintained and that the service records were of the Carfax report. Slight digression. The Carfax reports mostly knew have the maintenance records. They didn't used to, but most of the good dealers uh, signed the authority, the 
uh, disclosure, whatever they have to sign to allow Carfax to report all the maintenance. And sometimes you can really get some good maintenance records. Mm -hmm. So the Carfax report has a wealth of information. Never, ever buy a used car without reading the Carfax report. As we pulled back into the dealership, I asked the final question, are there any safety issues that should worry me? He said there were none and referred to the Carfax again. He said again that it checked out. He reminded me that it had undergone a full inspection and was ready for sale by Roger Dean Service. Now remember, this is a Chevrolet dealer selling a Honda. A Honda. Yeah. They have to take it to another dealer. Uh, for if sure. it was a Chevrolet car they were selling, it would be far less inconvenient for them to do that. And I think this is probably the problem that... Uh, the only reason that you don't see these Takata airbags, in fact, it's money to the service department. And a good used car manager will go to his used car lot at a Chevrolet dealership, and if there are any recalls, he will flag them for the service department, and the service manager is the one ought to do that because he gets paid on this. And so you'd be nuts not to do the the Honda recalls on a Honda dealership or the Chevy recalls. It's a shame because it is a matter of convenience. When yeah. I look at, if I look at a Honda dealership, I don't find Hondas with recalls. Yeah. If I look at a Chevy, I'd say the same thing, yeah. but it's the uh, the cross brand. And that's the reason we need regulation and we need outside people looking at this because if I'm a used car manager and I trade in a Honda at a Chevrolet dealership, there's only one thing on my mind. How fast can I get that car washed and cleaned up and put on the lot and sold and the commission in my pocket? Sales manager gets paid on the commission. Salesman gets paid on commission. Uh Everybody gets paid on commission on the car dealership. And if you have a non-Honda product on a Honda dealership or a non-Chevrolet product on a Chevrolet dealership, you've got to take it to another dealership. That takes time. Time is money. And if you're a competitive car dealer and I'm a Chevrolet guy and I call the Honda dealership and send the car over there, who am I going to prioritize if I'm a Honda dealer? I'm going to prioritize my customers. I'm not going to prioritize, prioritize the competition, the Chevrolet dealer. And something sometimes these cars will sit on the lot for weeks, and they can't sell it. And that's something the regulators should understand. That's something that the legislators should understand. What they're asking people to do is against human nature, and that's the reason these cars aren't getting fixed. Didn't mean to have such a long digression. Um, <coughs> I asked if I could get a copy of the Carfax report. Frankie said, sure, and suggested we go inside. We sat down, and Frankie said he needed my driver's license. Now he asked for the driver's <laughs> license. Now after he's exposed Roger Dean Chevrolet to a huge liability lawsuit right. because he let somebody drive the car that didn't have a driver's license. He comes back in. Now he gets the driver's license so he can get the personal information. Mm -hmm. uh, I gave it to him. Uh, he's done. He left to get some paperwork. He returned a few minutes with some papers and a bottle of water. The mandatory bottle of water. Nice touch. It's, a hot, it's hot out there these days. Yeah. Frankie put the Carfax report in front of me, showed me that there were no accidents. When he got to the part that showed the recall, I stopped him and I asked him to explain. Frankie said that the recall had been taken care of on June 14, 2016. Eh. Now, Anybody would believe that. If he said, yes, I've taken, it's been taken care of, or yeah, sure, it's taken care of, or oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But when you say, yes, it's been taken care of, in fact, it was on June the 14th, 2016, that was fixed. Everybody's going to believe that, right? Very specific. Yeah. 
he is woefully misinformed. Yeah. He then stated that they stand by the used cars we sell, and they would not sell any vehicle without standing safety recalls. Now, I'm going back to the first page. Uh, where am I here? I went to the part where he, he smiled, and he was a nice guy. That and, yeah. And, and my point is, what what paragraph is that in? It says Frankie was extremely likable. Second page. Yeah. He was funny, had a great smile. I followed him to the car listening to him make small talk along yeah. the way. Now here's uh, the uh, here's a conversation between Nancy and me. And this is a, a a great salesman can make you believe anything. And Frankie is unfortunately a great salesman. He has a smile, he has a personality, he has a look about him. He's trustworthy. And he sells a lot of cars. And when Frankie tells you something, you believe it. And Frankie looked Agent Thunder in the eye and said, this car has never been, uh, had a recall that has not been fixed. There was a recall and we fixed it in 2016 on June 14th. And actually, that was the date that the yeah. recall was issued. Exactly, yeah. Here's Frankie. So this is, pre yeah, there's Frankie, yeah. Wow. Premeditated, premeditated uh, lie. And it was, uh, it was obvious to him because he read the fact that it had not been a recall. Really depressing. Uh, at any rate, uh, he asked for, I asked for a buyer's order so I could see the price, the breakdown. Frankie came back with a buyer's order, and his manager, the manager, thanked me from business, asked if I was ready to take delivery. I said I wanted to review the numbers and ask if it was okay, if I left my, if I, if it was okay if I left to get my wife in our checkbook, and then returned in a couple hours. He said that was fine. The buyer's order came, uh, showed me a price of $5,069, which is what the on online price was, the internet price. They added $795 for dealer handling, another name for dealer fees, and $188 for a CVR, which is another name for hidden fees. And uh, what's that about? It's almost $1,000. Where, yeah. Which is about the average in South Florida. Uh, uh, and the tax and tag, and they, the $500 for tax and tag uh, for transfer sounds pretty high. It's pretty I high. think they probably have some more hidden fees there. I would think that the private tag agency fee is hidden in there. Probably in there, yeah. So here we go. Uh, Roger Dean Chevrolet uh, failed the Takata test in a big way. Not only did they represent this unfixed Takata airbag was safe, the salesperson erroneously told Agent Thunder that the recall was fixed three years ago. Looked him in the eye and told a blatant, premeditated lie. So we have a situation here where the salesman uh, could have committed the crime unilaterally, lied, or could be a policy of the dealership, uh, unlikely. Uh, I think that the owners of the Roger Dean Chevrolet have too much at stake to commit this kind of overt blatant fraud. Uh, so we have a situation where, what do we do? When we vote, you have to make your, your mind up, and you vote, and you decide. Do we fail Roger Dean Chevrolet? I can tell you right now, the salesman failed. The, the salesman lied. Sometimes we mitigate that by saying maybe he was mistaken, maybe he was misinformed, but the other Carfax report he saw in black and white, this car had not been repaired. Uh, it's not got the big not fixed. He lied on purpose. So uh, what are we going to do? Pick up the postings first. We have, a, we have a lot. They're pouring in right now. <laughs> I think that um, I think it's 
it's all about greed, and I give them an F. Yeah. The dealership, yeah. the people that were involved, all of them. So you're going to fall. Failed. You're going to fall the dealership because they were careless enough to employ a person that will lie to their customers. They should have known is what what you're saying. Yes. Rick. I'm seeing two F's already from YouTube, and I got to agree. Failure. By the way, just from a mechanic standpoint, now I can only speak for the Toyota dealership, but those safety recalls on those airbags, when they come in, there's a very large number of us technicians that salivate and jump on them because they're, we've gotten very good at repairing them. We can do it very quickly. And Toyota pays us very well to do it. You make money. Hey. So we make money doing Everybody that. Money. There's money the made. And I'll bet you Honda's the same way. There's money yeah. to be made the right way. All right, we have some time, a little extra time to read these grades. I don't think we've ever gotten this many Five coming minutes, in. Yeah. Okay, let's take it. Linda, of course, gives them a big fat F, which is her usual grade for bad dealers. <laughs> yeah, and Linda, it, Linda's tough like Nancy. She is, yeah. She gives an A++ for the show. Thanks, Linda. Oh, thanks, Linda. Uh, Thank you, Linda. Dan gives him an F minus. Gary gives him an F. Mark gives him an F. Ann gives him an F. Tanya gives him an F minus minus minus. Sandy gives him an F and is shocked that they, he was our shopper wasn't even offered a hot dog. I don't know <laughs> if that's a uh, Roger Dean thing at the stadium. I don't know. And Lenny in Atlanta gives him an F, and I'm concurring with our loyal listeners. A big fat F. Yeah, absolutely. And I bet you Frankie ate the hot dog. <laughs> Frankie ate the hot yeah, dog. He wow. Probably, he probably checked out the hot dog and signed for it and ate it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't think we had anybody pass Roger Dean no. Chevrolet. I, um, I will say this, that there are a lot of dealerships out there that have Frankie's working for them. I can't leave, I can't leave, uh, leave Doug and Ollie out. An F from Doug and an F from Ollie. Okay. There we have the cat. You know, cat, <laughs> Ollie cat, could overrule The everybody. cat has spoken. If, if Ollie had said, hey, we'd have had to pass it. We got the cat scan report. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 that's pretty good. Actually. So here we are, uh, Flunk and Roger Dean Chevrolet. And I said, as I said, there are a lot of uh, Frankies and a lot of dealerships out there. So you dealers or you general managers or you general sales managers, find the Frankies. In and your dealership, and teach them how to read a yeah. damn Carfax. Or mystery shop your own dealership. Uh. Your own dealership. Uh, at my dealership, we mystery shop ourselves every week. We mystery shop outside dealers, <coughs> and we mystery shop ourselves. You know, unless you're there in the trenches, as to what's going on, you don't know what's going on. If you call your Frankies into a sales meeting and say, "To all you Frankies." Don't ever lie to a customer. Has anybody ever lied to a customer? Raise your hand. Frankie's not going to raise his hand. The only way you're going to find your Frankie in a dealership is to mystery shop it and root him out. But you see what happened? Roger Dean Chevrolet goes on the do not recommend list. Roger Dean is dead, but the owners are alive, and the owners are getting a failing grade because of Frankie. Get rid of your Frankies, folks. Mystery shop your own show. I think that wraps it up. That is. That was, that was a shocking report. It was. I was and shocked. It was. And ladies and gentlemen, we'd love to hear from you. Take advantage of youranonymousfeedback.com. Yes. We would love your opinion on everything. Youranonymousfeedback.com. And uh, today you've really got to do your homework whenever you go out into that minefield. 
I'm telling you, don't go shopping alone. And that affidavit I talked to you about earlier, uh, yes. ensure that you get an outdoor price. So take advantage of that at www.outdoorpriceaffidavit.com. Happy Father's Day, Daddy. Well, thank you very Aww, much. Thank happy you very Father's much. Day, Daddy. Thank you very much. <laughs> happy Father's Day, sir. Thank happy you. Father's Day, Rick. Thank you. Happy Father's Day, gentlemen. To all the gentlemen in the studio. And also, I want to take a moment and thank Rudy and Jonathan for all their help and those special sound effects Amen. that Rudy shares with us every week. We're quite a team here, and I hope that you enjoyed the show as much as we did the recovering car dealer, I think, has something to say about his Am Available on Amazon now, Amazon.com, 100% the proceeds go to Big Dog Ranch Rescue. 100% the proceeds, Amazon.com, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful weekend, and happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. We'll be back next week, same time, Saturday morning at 8 a.m. <laughs>